The opinions voiced in this program are for general information only and are not intended to provide specific advice or recommendations for any individual. To determine which investments may be appropriate for you, consult with your attorney, accountant, and financial advisor or tax advisor prior to investing. Investment advice offered through Northwest Quadrant Wealth Management, a registered investment advisor. Welcome to the Financial Focus Radio Show. Today, you'll hear the truth in wealth building from the team at Northwest Quadrant Wealth Management. The truth in wealth building knowledge is brought to you every week on the Financial Focus Radio Network. Welcome back. Thanks for joining us on Financial Focus Radio. If you want to sign up for our e-newsletter, Josh and I do a short minute, uh, five or six minute video in the middle and end of every month. Uh, we did one last week. If you want to get signed up and added to that list, we just send it via email. Go to our website, northwestquadrantwell.com. A little box will pop up. You can put your email info in there. And that's all that we will send you. So I saw last week uh, that LeBron James is now worth a billion dollars. Uh, he, he made $120 million last year. And we were talking about this last week. The only person that makes more than him is Lionel Messi, uh, who plays, uh, obviously, soccer in Europe. Um, I mean, good for them. I, I just I, That's like, I, I probably should have practiced a little more when I was younger, huh? <laughs> Said it was the greatest accomplishment of his life. Getting to a billion? Yep. Not having kids or winning the NBA championship or... Hey, I mean... Money. I'm sure his wife was real psyched about that comment. <laughs> LeBron, yeah. come on, man. Um, so this is uh, playing out also. Billion dollars would be pretty awesome, though. Well, what about 200 billion, like, like uh, your boy Elon had? Well, now compounding, guy's only 37, right? So... LeBron? Yeah. Yeah, well, you know, and he actually, a lot of his wealth was created through his ownership in, in sports. You know, he's part of that Fenway group that owns uh, the Boston Red Sox and some of those soccer clubs in Europe. So uh, LeBron has, you know, he, he obviously makes a lot of money, but also a lot of his net worth increase has come from his investments. What's, what's Jordan at? Well, Jordan, like, he... he Jordan passed, Brand is a he good... He passed a billion way, like... 2.2. 2. Yeah, I mean... But Jordan's career earnings were only ninety three point seven million. <laughs> Did you say only? Yeah, <laughs> that's on the basketball court. That doesn't include his endorsements. No, no. But yeah. his actual NBA earnings were only ninety three point seven million, and you know all of his wealth comes from Jordan Brand. But LeBron is certainly going to surpass him, no question. Well, the Jordan. I think Mike will stay ahead because of the Jordan Brand. Really? Yeah. Because uh, he, he'll stay relevant longer than LeBron. Once LeBron retires, the relevancy will go away because he doesn't have a Jordan Brand deal. Yeah, going waiting down the crypto dot com path uh, was a problem. Was a very big no, no. tactical mistake from a branding perspective. I think uh, this comes from the University of Michigan, and this uh, we can starting to, starting to feel it. Maybe not in places like Ben. Ben is such as it's like an island unto itself. But consumer sentiment of the American consumer, which is an indicator of how optimistic consumers feel about their finances fell in May of this year to its lowest level since August of 2011. So if you think about August of 2011, uh, those were sort of some dark days. We were, we, you know, we were uh, a year and a half into the recovery at that point, but we didn't really know it. And that's when like things like the flash crash were happening and, and people still had a big time hangover from the financial crisis. So uh, consumer sentiment being this low uh, is certainly not a good thing because it changes behavior quickly, right? It changes what people are spending money on and how much they're spending. Uh, and that's another thing that will cause, continue to cause 
uh, probably slowing in the economy. All right, let's talk about sequence of return risk. That sounds so exciting. It sounds like a finance class. But Josh, explain what sequence of return risk is, and then we can talk about why it's such a big deal for people that are just retired. Sequence of returns risk is just where the where market returns, where we are in a market cycle relative to your retirement life cycle. And so, you know, the youngest baby boomer being 57, 58 years old, uh, you have this, you know, when you look at the distribution of boomers, the demographic, you have this wave of them obviously retiring every year and retiring and starting income distributions into a bear market has a very meaningful impact on your portfolio over time. So, for example, let's say you let's say you uh, retired in 1985, and then you had uh, 16 years of unbelievably good stock market returns. You have almost no sequence of returns risk in, yeah, that, in be- that circumstance because it's it's the returns you get right before you retire and the five years after you retire that are going to be so impactful in what your retirement looks but like. But think about retiring and starting to take income distributions, say, into 2008 with a 53%. Well, let's say you retired in 2007 at the yeah. peak, and then you're, then you know the S&P proceeds to go down over 50, you know, 55, 54%, whatever it was. Uh, may, hopefully, your portfolio didn't go down as much, but you know that's really going to be impactful on, on what your portfolio looks like in the, in the future. So that's why sequence of return risks are so important when people think about retirement. Um, and, and actually, a lot of annuity companies use the idea of sequence of return risk as sort of a marketing tool to sell their products. Like, we can eliminate sequence of return. That's definitely not a thing. They say they can, but there, there's no way to eliminate it. Um, I remember a company called American Scandia had uh, the retirement red zone, they called it. You know, the red zone in football, the inside the 20-yard line is the, is the red zone. Well, they called that those years, five years before and five years after retirement, the retirement red zone. Uh, and, and it is. It's impactful and it's important. And so it, it's it's why we talk to people about when they're in that stage of their life, uh, setting up their portfolio such that we determine their asset allocation based on their life circumstances, uh, not what the market is doing. So, of course, where you are in the market cycle matters. You know, it's crazy to me. We had a, a, a client that, you know, she was really nervous about the market, and I've talked to her twice now about the market. Um, you know, and, and I said to her, you know, she she wanted she was panicking, she wanted to go to cash, and you know, said you know she'd get back in once the market started going up. All that stuff that makes me laugh when people say it, but you know, it was like. Well, I said, to her, well, why didn't you? You never, you never called and said, "Wow, this is crazy that the market's going up so much. Why is it going up?" You just loved it and you accepted it. Uh, but you know, part of the market going up every year like that is we have to have corrections. We have to, you know, the market can't go up twenty five percent three years in a row and then not have a correction. And so n- nobody ever talks about that. You know, when that's happening, but then we get the correction and it seems to be this surprise. Uh, and, and so what we tell people is that you have to invest your money knowing that these market corrections are going to happen, but you not knowing and your financial advisor not knowing when they're going to happen. And so that's why that for those of you that are, let's say, uh, 55 or or 60 and and you're going to retire in five years, you can't just say, oh, I want to keep riding this wave of market returns uh, and sort of rolling the dice. You have to say, okay, I have a certain amount of time until I'm going to start needing income. I know about how much I'm going to need. And so then I have to start moving some of my equities over to fixed income so that I can try to minimize uh, this idea of sequence of returns. Because 
if you retire, let's say you're 60, let's say three years ago you were 62, you say I'm going to retire at 65, uh, and you have most or all of your money in stocks and you're loving it and you're like, this is going to be great, my income is going to be this high, and then we have a 25 or 20% market correction, uh, and, and you're all invested in equities, you have done yourself, you have no place to go to get equ- uh, income. You have no place to sell that's doing well because your stocks are down uh, and it could get worse. And so that's why the planning and the changing of your allocation needs to happen regardless of what is happening in the market. You can't just say, I want to keep these you know, these returns going. It's just like my kids, they have 529 college savings plan. I have a junior in high school and a freshman in high school. My junior, uh, his money is really conservatively invested at this point because in a year and a half, I'm going to need to start sending that money to some college registrar's office. And so, you know, I, I, while I would have liked to have you know, I, so I missed about a year's worth of market returns uh, because I had to move it uh, to, to more conservative investment. But I'm glad I did because then the market sold off and I would have lost that whole year and then some worth of returns. And so it's, it's, it's the same. We're not saying you have to go all the cash. The, the difference between a 529 and retirement is 529, I'm going to exhaust the thing in four years, you know, after you graduate from high school. So I have a very specific time frame where retirement is the rest of your life. So it doesn't mean you go from 100% equity to, to, to everything safe. Uh, it just means you need to start planning as you approach. But for a lot of people out there where their ambition was to tire, retire in their late 50s or early 60s and you know Social Security isn't a lever that's gonna, that you can pull that's <clears throat> gonna get you over the line, you know, it just necessitates a change in your plan and it just means that you need to work longer or at least work part-time and lower your distribution rate early in the trajectory of your retirement. All right, if you want to take us up on a free retirement review, one of us will give you an hour of our time to talk about anything in your financial life. If you want to get signed up for one of those, call our office, 800-743-0988 or go to our website, northwestquadrantwealth.com and send us an email. When we come back, we're going to talk about this crazy deal called ARC. Stick around. Get your free one-hour retirement review. Meet with a Northwest Quadrant Wealth Management Investment Advisor today for free. It's our offer to you as a listener to the show. Give us a call today to schedule your portfolio review. 800-743-0988. Again, 800-743-0988. Are you a renter? Do you know that for the price of a pizza, you can purchase insurance to protect your life's possessions? Your landlord's insurance won't cover your belongings in a fire or theft. Make sure to protect yourself and your valuables. Buy renter's insurance. It covers your belongings, provides liability protection, and may pay for additional living expenses, such as hotel bills or restaurant meals, if a covered loss forces you to temporarily move out. Renter's insurance is affordable It often costs less than $20 a month. Ask your insurance agent or company about multi-policy discounts when purchasing renter's insurance. The Division of Financial Regulation has a shopping tool to help you compare renter's insurance policies. Go to dfr.oregon.gov and type renter's insurance into the search bar. Spending that pizza money on renter's insurance will protect you when you need it the most. 
This message brought to you by the Oregon Division of Financial Regulation, the Oregon Association of Broadcasters, and this station. You know, when buying a home, I really like my hand held a bit, so to speak. It's a big decision, and you only get one chance to get it right. See home loan experts at Summit Funding. They specialize in residential lending. They don't push auto loans or checking accounts on you. Summit Funding just helps people like me buy homes. Their team was there for me every step of the way, explaining all the options and communicating throughout the process. So I was never guessing. Thanks to Summit, what I thought was a dream became a reality. Summit Funding is more than a mortgage company. They're defined by their mission to be their best. It's what drives their team every day. So if you're looking to buy a home, start with Summit Funding. The home loan experts, Southwest MK Drive, Bend, or go to summitfunding.net. And follow Summit Funding on Facebook. Call 541-390-0264. And achieve new heights with Summit Funding. License number MB6760957, Equal Housing Opportunity. Ladies, are you tired of hair loss products that don't work? Then meet Ravella. Powered by breakthrough ingredient Procelanil, Ravella Hair Serum directly targets and reawakens hair follicles. The clinical trial using Ravella, 97% of women saw thicker, fuller-looking hair. So try Ravella risk-free today at RavellaHair.com and enter code RADIO15 for 15% off. That's RavellaHair.com. R-E-V-E-L-A hair.com. Big news. Greta Van Susteren is back. She's the host of Newsmax's new show, The Record with Greta Van Susteren. Starting June 14th, Greta reports on the really big stories you need to know. She's smart and always fair. Get the latest info about her new show. Text the word Greta to 39747. Millions are making the switch to Newsmax. Find it on all major cable systems and streaming platforms. Don't miss this. Text Greta to 39747 now. Texting enrolls for automated text messages. Messages. Message and data rates may apply. Central Focus Radio Show is online all the time via iTunes, Spotify, and Spreaker. Catch past shows online or by downloading the Financial Focus app. Welcome back to Financial Focus Radio. Thanks for joining us. The reason I brought up the college baseball deal is my Red Sox are looking terrible, so it's fun to talk about the Red Sox when they're doing well, but they're not doing so hot. What's wrong, Sam? <laughs> oh. Uh, uh, this got, this, I found this information in, very interesting, um, and I look at this source, and it shouldn't be, but it is. And this comes from the Social Security Administration and the Department of Labor. Over the last 25 calendar years, 1997 to 2021, the costs or the COLAs for Social Security benefits have increased by 73.7% total over that 25-year period. Over the last 25 calendar years, uh, inflation, as measured by the Consumer Price Index, has increased by 75.8%. Uh, so theoretically, Social Security... Uh, colas have kept up with the pace of inflation in the United States. The problem in there is that uh, the CPI data that the Social Security Administration uses does not include food and energy. So all of you, <laughs> uses that? All of you that are retired, uh, I guess as long as you aren't eating or driving your car, then yeah, your, co- your cost of living uh, adjustments were fine relative to what your Social Security payment increases. Were. My mom's retired. She hardly eats. <laughs> <laughs> but I mean, you know, be care- you know, like obviously if you let... The entity that is in charge of Social Security payments calculate what the CPI number is for uh, the COLA. They're going to exclude the most important components in uh, the inflation data. I mean, everybody eats and almost everybody drives a car. And so those are the two most important inputs in the data. And the idea that they're excluded is so laughable. Well, I mean, that 
just like in the early 80s, the next solution to fix it from the administration standpoint is going to be change the methodology. Yeah, just change it. <laughs> I mean, math is great because you can change things that, that get, I mean, you know, it's, I remember in math when, I, when it came to me that I finally realized, like, wait, you can get any conclusion you want in math. You just have to change the inputs. Yeah. yeah. Uh, this, there was a really good article in Bloomberg. I get Bloomberg Business Week in hard copy, um, and it, it was really a good article. And it, it, the, the title of it was Bitcoin in your 401k. Better retire that idea right now. And so, you know, I don't know if you saw or anybody saw, but Fidelity is going to add uh, Bitcoin as an option where you put 20% of your 401k in cryptocurrency. Um, and, you know, I don't, not a lot of companies are adopting it. I, I just want to remind you if you, have, if you have a 401k for your employees, remember that you are, are a fiduciary. And I would submit that by you adding cryptocurrency as a, and when I say this, I say it very loosely, an investment option in your 401k. I would submit that you're breaching your fiduciary duty and you're exposing yourself to potential lawsuits. And there's plenty of precedent in loss, you fiduciaries losing lawsuits because of bad investments in 401k plans. Just Google it. Uh, and so the idea, because here's what, here's what it comes down to, and I have this conversation with Josh all the time. You know, the idea that crypto is an investment is completely lost on me. Like, when I think of an investment, uh, I think it either has an underlying asset attached to it or has cash flow that I can discount into the future uh, based on the discount rate and figure out what it's worth. What, what is the, I mean, it's essentially a legal Ponzi scheme. If it's supposed to be currency and it's not being used for currency, what is it? It's not an investment. I mean, if you think about the U.S. dollar, does anybody think, uh, you know, when the U.S. dollar came to be that it was an investment? No, it was a medium of exchange. And that's what these things are supposed to be. Uh, but, they're not being used for that. So then why does it talk? Why isn't anybody talking about it? There's no underlying asset backing cryptocurrency. There's no, there's no government. There's nothing other than a bunch of other people that believe in it. But once that belief goes away, what is there backing it? Is there cash flow? Is there an underlying infrastructure or asset? No, none of that exists. It's just the, the, all that it matters is more and more participants. And so to think of it as an investment option in your 401k as an investment is laughable to me. As, as Charlie Munger said, it is rat poison. Uh, and so those are you that are thinking that this thing is going to make you rich or it's that it's an investment. Ask yourself, what is backing this? When I buy shares of Costco, it's backed by cash flow and actual real assets, real property. When I buy shares of Walmart, when I buy shares of Amazon, there is cash flow uh, in a business. What is, you know, when I even buy gold, there's a physical, there's physical gold that, that, that has some uh, utility you know, in computers and all these things, so I can touch it. The market. What is backing crypto? Ask that, yourself that. That market needs new participants and a steady inflow of new capital to continue the upward momentum, because momentum is, of course, the primary logic driving uh, the new investment itself. It's, I mean, it's entirely circular in that sense. Okay, I want to take some people back to 1999, and I want to talk about uh, Van Wagoneer funds, mutual fund complex called Van Wagoneer. It had five mutual funds. Everybody wanted to own it. It was all the rage, all the internet message boards at the time, uh, the, the versions of Reddit now. Uh, everybody had to have it. And I would, I would submit to anybody out there listening, when's the last time you saw any Van Wagoneer mutual funds? And the answer to that question is you haven't because they don't exist anymore because they went bankrupt. They went extinct. And so there's a woman out there uh, named Kathy Wood who runs a firm called ARC, right? And a lot of you probably know who uh, you've heard of this, that, you know, she had stellar returns uh, when she started the fund in the beginning up until this year when most of her uh, returns, five-year returns, are abysmal now. Uh, and, and so w my concern is, you know, th so when she started the firm, it's, it's some ETF funds, uh, ETFs, uh, she was buying really, really tiny companies, illiquid companies, because she was managing a relatively small amount of money. And she was buying these things in a raging bull market where money was free, where the cost of capital didn't matter, uh, and these stocks were a tremendous amount. 
And one of the names she wrote up was Tesla, but there were some other smaller names. Now the fund has attracted tons and tons of assets, uh, and it got to be $40 billion. Uh, and, and then she had to move up in market cap by much bigger names. Uh, and she was still buying companies that, you know, had no free cash flow, were losing money hand over fist. Their business models were about, you know, making money in 2035. It was all about innovation. It was all about, uh, you know, the future, all this stuff. Uh, and the fund, you know, has since rolled over, and, and down, it's down an insane amount. And my issue ha has more to do with the financial media parading her around on CNBC and on all these outlets all the time. As, and she was talking about these things like they made sense. She was talking about her funds getting 25% annualized returns over f the next five years. Like that was something that was realistic. And the financial media, nobody ever called her out on this. And my issue, again, is with the SEC and FINRA caring more about the, the what Josh and I, uh, if we move somebody from a Verix fund, uh, then they care about Kathy Wood selling fund that can't do what she says it's going to do. It's statistically impossible. And the fund being down 60% year-to-date. And the SEC being okay with her being on CNBC talking about, oh, we believe on a go-forward basis our fund's going to return 25% a year annualized for the next five years. How does the SEC allow somebody to go on CNBC and do that? She is creating real destruction of wealth for a lot of unsuspecting people. They believe her. These people out there in investment land believe her. And uh, I'm, we're just here to tell you that like she is going to go the way of Van Wagoneer. Janice uh, Mutual Funds was the same way. They had lined around the block in Denver in the late 90s that people wanted to open accounts there. They had, they, they, their fund assets shrank by 65% after that. But 65% shrinkage in their assets, they had to relabel their whole firm and become, uh, you know, own actual real businesses that made money. So you shouldn't be a hodler in art, just like you shouldn't be a hodler in a lot of these low quality names. All right, if you want to be a, a part of the show, give us a call. Eight, uh, yeah, 877-670-7117 or go to our website, northwestquadrantwallet.com and send us an email. When we come back, we're going to talk about has Vanguard lost its way? Sign up for our e-news today. Get the latest thoughts on the market every other week from Northwest Quadrant Wealth Management delivered right to your inbox. The short five to six minute video helps you keep up with the market trends. You can always watch past videos on northwestquadrantwealth.com. It's the 10th anniversary of Cork and Barrel, Ben's three-day wine and food event sponsored by Avion Water Company. Come out July 14th through 16th. Dine with winemakers from the Willamette Valley or get tickets to sip Friday night's big wine-tasting party presented by the Hassan Company and Northwest Foundation. Or attend the Grand Cru Gala event. It's all happening at the Riverhouse Convention Center. Cork and Barrel benefits the Kids Center. Get your tickets today at corkandbarrel.org. Cork and Barrel made possible by First Interstate Bank, Les Schwab Tires, Bigfoot Beverages, Central Oregon Radiology Associates, Klein Investment Strategies, Evolve Health, Central Oregon Daily, and Combined Communications. Cork and Barrel, a great way to show your support for the Kids Center. Three days of wine and food with winemakers' dinners, Friday nights, SIP, and the Grand Cru 2022. Get your tickets now at corkandbarrel.org. 
Get ready for the summer months ahead with big summertime savings at Coastal. Coastal Farm and Ranch, we drive what the country needs. Whether it's work, chores, fun in the sun, or a family outing, Coastal has you covered. That includes big savings on months ahead. All plants in stock are 30% off. Plus, save 25% on new men's and women's force pocket t-shirts from Carhartt. You'll also save now on select Prime Plus Wi-Fi pellet grills from Green Mountain. Plants limited to stock on hand. Shop in-store online at CoastalCountry.com. With in-store curbside pickups or have everything shipped to your home. It's time to get ready for summer at Coastal. Coastal Farm and Ranch. We just what the country needs. Serving Central Oregon from Highway 97 in Redmond. At Doctors Without Borders, we believe the best medical care knows no boundaries. So when our streets emptied and you sheltered in place, we went to work. The pandemic overwhelmed even the most advanced healthcare systems in the world and made existing humanitarian crises worse. This virus knows no borders, but neither do we. We responded to the pandemic around the world, including right here in the United States. From the Navajo Nation to Southwest Florida to New York City, our teams raced to train health workers and vaccinate those in need. And we couldn't have done this work without our six million supporters who stepped up in this time of crisis. Independent and impartial, we bear witness to suffering and respond by delivering medical care where it's needed most. We are Doctors Without Borders. Looking for your own place without breaking a bank? Your search is over. Wild Horse Mesa in Brineville offers your choice of two and three bedroom affordable apartments. This brand new community boasts high-end finishing washers and dryers and a private patio or deck. Meet new neighbors in your Central Oregon oasis at the pool, fitness center, or club room. Wild Horse Mesa has every comfort of home in a brand new package. Google Wild Horse Mesa for details. Professionally managed by Norris and Stevens. wealth-building advice every week. No sugarcoating, just down-to-earth real market happenings that you can use today. Make sure you follow us on YouTube and get our twice-monthly e-newsletter. Welcome back to Financial Focus. Thanks for joining us. My name is Tyler Simonis. Uh, Josh had to step out, but I will be solo the rest of the show. So all you Josh groupies, uh, sorry, you'll have to wait till next week. We had a client come in this week, and Josh and I met with them, and he, because uh, I always say we, that Josh and I have faces for radio, but the guy said, you don't have a face for radio. You look like Tom Cruise. And so now I call ta- uh, Josh Tom Cruise, which he really appreciates. Uh, so Mark Holbert, who writes a newsletter, it's actually a pretty good newsletter uh, about markets and, and all things economic. Uh, he wrote a really good article. It's, uh, it's called, Watch Out If You're Male Over 45 and Think You Know About Investing. And so I obviously fall into that category. Um, and in the article, he says, uh, the stock market's re- we- recent weakness could be particularly hazardous to your wealth if you're male above the age 45, married, have more uh, dependents, or think you have excellent investment knowledge. That's because investors in these demographic categories are more likely to react to markets decline by freaking out and panic selling. And if you do that, odds are good that you won't get back into equities until the stock market is much higher than when you got out, causing you to lose out uh, versus buying and holding. In fact, uh, according to a new study, you might never get back in. A third of investors who panic sell swear off equities altogether and never re-enter the the market. Uh, So don't lose 
uh, so they lose the stock market's long-term potential. The new study, which comes from the uh, Journal of Financial Data, uh, is entitled "When Do Inve- When Investors Do Freak Out: Machine Learning Prediction of Panic Selling." Um, so the the point of this is that, um, y- and we see this to be true in our practice. Uh, generally, men uh, over time are not the best investors because uh, they let their ego get in the way and and they're really emotional around their money. And women tend to be less, you know, their ego isn't tied to how big their brokerage account is. And so they're less emotional when it comes to their money. That doesn't mean they, they that women don't make investment mistakes. They just tend to make, they don't make as much rash decisions around their money as men. So remember, uh, a lot of the success in investing has to do with moderating your emotions. Um, our brain, the, the back part of our brain and the amygdala, which is, uh, you know, our reptilian part of our brain, uh, tells us that when a saber tooth cat is chasing us and there's 10 other people that we just run and we just have to be faster than nine of those or 10, you know, we just have to be faster than everybody, but one of them, cause the saber tooth cat will get the, the slow person. Uh, in investing, it's actually the opposite, right? When the saber-toothed cat's chasing you, you have to run in, in their direction. So it's the famous Buffett quote, be fearful when others are greedy and greedy when others are fearful. Um, and it's always amazing to me when we get corrections. It's always a surprise. People always want to panic. Uh, but remember, when stocks are going up, risk is going into the stock market. When stocks are going down, they are getting less risky. And for some reason, people have that the exact opposite. Uh, last November, when stocks were close to their all-time high, people didn't think markets were risky. They thought everything was rainbows and butterflies and the future was very predictable. Uh, And then the day after Thanksgiving, we got the sell-off that started and is continuing today. Uh, And now, you know, once the S&P was 20% lower, the NASDAQ was 28% lower, they they thought stocks were riskier then than they were uh, when they were higher. And that just simply obviously doesn't make sense. Um, all right, before I talk about Vanguard, I want to really quickly bring up uh, Social Security and inflation. Um, one of the things that we counsel our clients about all the time is delaying Social Security as long as possible. And one of the strategies that you can use to make sure that you do that is to say, um, you know, I'm going, when I, let's say I'm going to retire at 65 or 66. Uh, you you retire then, but you start withdrawing more than you otherwise would from your retirement accounts, knowing that you're going to delay your Social Security until you're, let's say, 68 or 69 or 70, ideally. So you maximize your Social Security benefit because it's going to increase 8% per year. Uh, and then once you get to start taking Social Security, then you reduce your withdrawal rate uh, from your retirement accounts uh, and, and thereby uh you know, having a bigger retirement account, but also protecting yourself uh, from inflation. Because remember, not only are you getting 8% increase on your income from Social Security every year you wait, your COLA starts on that higher amount on Social Security. So a really good way to make sure you're protecting yourself against inflation. Okay, uh, Jack Bogle uh, was the guy who started Van- Vanguard uh, Mutual Funds, and it was a, a really uh, tough You know, the beginning of Vanguard was really tough and, you know, he had lots of legal battles and all these things. But, um, you know, ideally he this is the man that did more for the individual investor than anybody else has uh, combined. I mean, this guy did a ton for the individual investor Uh, and he died a few years ago, unfortunately. Um, 
but Vanguard, uh, for those of you that don't know how it's structured, it's it's owned by its shareholders. So it's a mutually held company. It's not a publicly company. It's not a for-profit company. Uh, but since he has died, Vanguard has made a lot of changes, and nece- not necessarily for the better. And so we, you know, we've talked about in the past they've added private equity. So Vanguard was founded on uh, essentially passive investing. They were the first big mutual fund complex that was all about buying the index because. Over time, uh, the index beats most professional money managers because it's low cost, it's tax efficient, uh, and we know most professionals don't beat the benchmark. And so that's how it was founded, and it, you know, it grew into this massive behemoth, attracts most of all passive investment dollars that get added. Um, and so they were able to continue to reduce their fees as they got bigger and bigger and bigger because they weren't necessarily worried about shareholders' uh, profitability. Uh, and, and so... You know, it became this great, really successful firm, and it was successful not only uh, for the the people that worked there, but also the people that invested in their funds, and and uh, and that was great. Well, uh, they've you know they they've moved into other spaces where the margins are a little fatter. Uh, one of those being private equity, probably at the worst time when pri- private equity is probably peaked, uh, and, and so you know. Private equity, just so you, those, that's investing in private markets before companies go public. That's what that is. Uh, and, you know, if you're good at it, over time, people have done very well. But to think that Vanguard's going to be good at it, mm, I don't know that that's the best idea. The other challenge that Vanguard has now is, you know, the best form of flattery is when people replicate you. Well, Schwab now has a big uh, index complex. BlackRock has a big index. State Street. So there's all these Real competitors, Fidelity has a big index complex, uh, but these companies are for-profit businesses and they have actively managed funds to go along with their index funds. So they are very profitable and they generate unbelievable amounts of revenue. And so their technology is really, really good. I mean, Fidelity spent $2.5 billion on technology. Uh, Vanguard can't do that because they don't have that kind of revenue above and beyond. And so what has since happened at Vanguard is uh, they're – uh, service op- offering has declined, and any of you that are Vanguard uh, shareholders ha- can attest to this. You know, used to be they were great when you called in. You know, you got everything taken care of, and, and everybody knew what they were talking about. Well, now when you call Vanguard, that's not necessarily uh, true. Their you know their service has declined. Their technology isn't keeping up with all these other providers, uh, and so Vanguard is looking at ways to solve some of these problems. And that means fee, they're trying to f- come up with products where fit, maybe the fees are a little higher so they have more revenue so they can spend on this. Uh, and so it, the, Vanguard finds themselves in a tough, tough position. But I think the ultimate solution for Vanguard uh, is to go back to your roots, go back to what Jack Bogle would do, uh, and that's focus on th- the success of your end investor uh, you know, because now they have advisory services and they have all these things that the other places, you know, you can hire an advisor at Vanguard. Well, that happened after Jack Bull. So a lot of these things that happen uh, have hap- that aren't necessarily good and you know weren't the root of Vanguard happened after Jack Bogle's death. And so if you think about a lot of these great businesses, Vanguard being one of them, Walmart, um, you know, even locally Les Schwab, they they have great culture. But once the founder either retires or dies. Um, the culture slowly changes over time. I was very surprised to see how quickly the culture changed at Vanguard after Jack Bogle's uh, passing, but it certainly has. And so just know my point in bringing this up is, you know, unfortunately they've lost their way. It's not what you used to be. And there are other options out there uh, that are lower cost, even believe it or not, uh, that replicate exactly what Vanguard does. So I still am a big fan of Vanguard and what Vanguard generally is about. 
um, but they have certainly uh, changed course. And, and as if you are a shareholder there or you have money there, you should uh, be cognizant of that and avoid all of these so-called new offerings they're trying to push your way and question why they're doing that. All right, if you'd like to uh, be part of the show, give us a call, 877-670-7117, or you can go to our website, uh, northwestquadrantwealth.com, and send us an email. When we come back, we're going to tackle one last segment of emails, so stick around. Get your free one-hour retirement review. Meet with a Northwest Quadrant Wealth Management Investment Advisor today for free. It's our offer to you as a listener to the show. Give us a call today to schedule your portfolio review. 800-743-0988. Again, place without breaking a bank? Your search is over. Wild Horse Mesa in Prideville offers your choice of two and three bedroom affordable apartments. This brand new community boasts high-end finishes, air conditioning, washers and dryers, and a private patio or deck. Meet new neighbors in your Central Oregon Oasis at the pool, fitness center, or club room. Wild Horse Mesa has every comfort of home in a brand new package. Google Wild Horse Mesa for details. Professionally managed by Norris and Stevens. Hey, Central Oregon, the spring real estate market is upon us. This is Lacey Madden with Man Mortgage Central Oregon, NMLS 1236337. With our crazy market here, it has never been more important to secure your financing before looking at homes. Our team will walk you through a variety of loan options to find the right deal for your scenario. With both traditional and now non-traditional lending options, we are your one-stop shop for Central Oregon home loans. Google Man Mortgage today. Man Mortgage, NMLS number 2550, Equal Housing Lender. We live in a high desert wonderland. And you like to be outside. The Ben Factory stores have what you need. For the Central Oregon outdoor lifestyle. Make a bold statement and save up to 70% every day. Over 20 famous brand names like Columbia, Nike, and Pendleton. And locals like Learning Express Toys, Runway Fashion Exchange, and Cascade Mattress and Bedroom Furniture. Shop with nothing in mind and find exactly what you wanted. Great buys that reflect your personality. Tired of wearing the same old things? Want a new look for spring? Runway Fashion Exchange is just the ticket. Their expert buyers will pay you cash for your gently used teen and young adult fashions. And their store is full of great values on proven styles. Mix and match for a whole new look while you save a bunch of money. Runway Fashion Exchange makes getting a whole new look easy and fun. Smart shoppers start at the Ben Factory stores, South Highway 97. Because everyone needs an outlet. Hey there, this is Christy from the Cosmic Depot. I can remember sitting in a classroom at Cascade Junior High as a 12-year-old in personal finance class as I was introduced to the idea of supply and demand and brokering of stock. I knew immediately that was a job for me. I love, love, love to find out what you love and then go find it and bring it back to you for the Cosmic Depot. So far, I have brought you incense, candles, tapestries, stickers, herbs, toys, cards, jewelry, crystals, books, tarot, and oracle cards. 
devotional items and tools, and prayer flags galore in my quarter of a century in business. A wise Sarah Silverman says that part of longevity is being open to being changed, and the Cosmic Depot is open and for change. Look forward to our changing soon. Inquire within Cosmic Depot seven days a week from 10 to 7 at 342 Northeast Clay in Bend. Bend Chamber presents the 5th Annual Young Professional Summit on Friday, June 17th at COCC. Featuring keynote Lisa Walden, author and leadership expert, this conference offers various breakout sessions to shape your personal, professional, and civic engagement skills. You'll enjoy networking and social opportunities, plus an after-party to cap off the day. The YP Summit is powered by U.S. Bank, Meta, and News Channel 21. Visit bendyp.org for details and to purchase tickets for yourself or your entire team. That's bendyp.org. Get your free retirement review. Meet with a Northwest Quadrant Investment Advisor today for free. It's our offer to you as a listener to the show. Give us a call today to schedule your portfolio review. 800-743-0988. Again, 800-743-0988. Welcome back. If you want to take us up on one of those free retirement reviews, one of us, Josh, I'll give you an hour of our time to talk about anything in your financial life, your retirement plan, your estate plan, uh, your oh, financial plan, I guess, if you have one. Um, so if you want to get one of those scheduled, call the office. If you have at least $500,000 of investable assets, the number is 800 800- Seven four three zero nine eight eight, or you can go to our website northwestquadrantwealth.com and just let us know that you'd like a free retirement review. So a lot of uh, you out there are in the stage of life where you're having to take what's called a required minimum distribution. So as part of the CARES Act, uh, they moved the required minimum distribution age from 70 and a half to 72. So the year you turn 72, you have to start taking money out of your uh, retirement uh, account. So your 401ks, your traditional IRAs, your SEP IRAs. Uh, so when you made the contribution to those plans, uh, that money went on a, in on a pre-tax basis. So you didn't pay taxes on that. So it didn't count as income. And that money has grown over time, uh, tax deferred. And now uh, when you take that money out, it's going to be taxed as ordinary income. So the government wants that to come out. So they created what's called the required minimum distribution. And that's age 72. You have to start doing that. Uh, but uh, you probably like a lot of our clients don't actually need the money. You say, well, I don't want to take it because I don't want to have to pay taxes. Uh, and so one of the options you have, if if that's you, is, uh, well, a lot of our clients, they, what they have us do is they just take it from their IRA we pay the taxes for them, not we, but we take the taxes, we withhold the taxes from their withdrawal and we just move it over to their taxable investment account without selling anything, but they still have to pay the taxes. The way to avoid the taxes or some of the taxes is you can do what's called a qualified charitable distribution. So if you are so inclined that you give money to charity, uh, you should be, and you're in the RMD stage of life, you should be doing it with your RMD. So uh, as long as you give it to a 501c3 charity, it has to be a qualified charity by the IRS, which means 501c3 charity, and it goes directly from your custodian where your IRA is held to their custodian. You can't get your hands on it. Um, that is called a qualified charitable distribution, and you do not have to take, uh, pay taxes on it. So that, if you're if you're in that stage of life, that's something 
uh, that you can be doing to minimize the taxes on that uh, RMD. You should, you shouldn't, if you're in that stage of life and you give, do give money to charity, you certainly shouldn't be doing it with money that you've already paid taxes on. All right. Um, we get, we've gotten this question asked by Krista, but, um, it also, uh, I just like to bring it up because, uh, I, I like to think of, uh, our show educating, not just people that listen, but I know teenagers aren't listening, uh, cause I have teenagers. Um, and, but one of the things that I, you know, I, I think our schools for the most part, they try hard and they do the best that they can. And for the most part, they do a good job. But one of the things that we have in this country is financial illiteracy and it's something that could be done in the schools to help with financial literacy uh, is to, 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 it's really pretty basic, but it will make a big impact on people's lives, financial lives going forward. And so there's a woman, I'm sorry, there's a man, uh, he's actually a doctor. His name is John Lim. And he wrote a book called How to Raise Your Child's Financial IQ, The Most Important Things. And it's, uh, you know, it's a 64-page book. Uh, it, you know, it's, it's a really easy read, a 62-page book. They talk about thing, he talks about things like compound interest, savings, debt, net worth, and budgeting. Um, and so it's a really easy read. Uh, it's free on the Internet, so you can just go on the Internet and, uh, and – Type in uh, John Lim, How to Raise Your Child's Financial IQ. There's a PDF version that you can print off and read it with your kid. Uh, if you can, kid or grandkid, if you can instill this kind of information in them and they get just half of it, it will make a huge impact on their life, financial life. Because we mean adults all the time that their financial literacy is very low. So if you can start them being interested in it, uh, it will make a big impact on their life. I know that, um, you know, I, the reason I'm in this business is I inherited a little money when I was a teenager from my grandparents and uh, it, it got me interested in, in, you know, the financial world, financial markets, all that. And that made a big, big difference in my life because I, I wanted to learn about it. Uh, and, and so, it, you know, my adult life, I'm better off financially, but you, you can do your kids or grandkids a big service by getting them that book. Again, it's How to Raise Your Child's Financial IQ by John Lim. L-I-M is how you spell the guy's name. All right, let's tackle some email questions. We got an email from a Jack T here in Ben. Uh, oh, I just answered this question. It's about qualified charitable distribution, so I will save that. So Jack asks, um, he's at the stage in life where he needs to take money from his IRA. If I give money to charity, do I have to pay taxes on it? No, if you do a qualified charitable distribution. But again, I want to reiterate to people, if you do do that qualified charitable distribution, you need to make sure that it goes directly from your custodian, wherever your money's custodied, to that the custodian of the charity. And so, uh, like when our clients want to do it, we just say if it's your church or what you know, a family kitchen kind of place, we just have them give us the contact information of the charity. And the charities are very used to this, so they know exactly what information to give us. We reach out to that person. So you can do this with your financial advisor or your custodian, and then uh, you'll just have to sign some paperwork so that it goes directly. Uh, from your account to their account, and they don't, you know, they they get the money and just sell it immediately because they're a charity, so they don't have to pay taxes on gains. All right, we got an email from, uh, or here here's the email. Hey guys, love the show. My wife and I can't seem to agree, so I thought I'd ask. So I thought I'd ask your thoughts. Our our disagreement is about how much money we need to have saved when we get to retirement. I have read that we need between 10 and 15 times our annual salary saved to have a comfortable retirement when combined with our social security. Can you please give us your opinion on it? Best Ben T here in Ben. So uh, Ben, uh, first of all, the one thing I learned a long time ago, a happy wife, happy life. So hopefully whatever we say 
uh, your wife will agree with. But yeah, I mean, so Fidelity did a study and they say at least 10 times, 10 to 15 times. I, that's probably where you got that information of your annual income you need to save for retirement. Um, but here, here's a better way to think about it. And, and this is just doing math, uh, Ben, and, and then you and your wife can hopefully agree on this. Uh, when you get to retirement, um, you can take four and a half percent from your retirement assets on an annual basis and then adjust your withdrawal rate up for whatever the inflation rate is every year. And statistically, that money is going to last you 35 years. So that being said, you can then do the math to say, okay, well, if we need, you know, if we are so combined, social security is going to be $60,000 a year and we need a hundred thousand uh, dollars. That means you're going to have to have close to a hundred or sorry, a million dollars saved uh, to, to, to get your income needs met. Because if you take 4% off a million, there's 40,000 plus your social security at 60, there's your hundred thousand. So that's, that's how a better way to do the math is just to say, okay, well, how much are we going to need above and beyond social security on an annual basis? And then you can figure out by knowing that number, how much money you'll have to have saved, uh, in retirement assets. So, uh, that, that, that's how we do the math. And, and then there's less arguing in that case. All right. That's our show this week. We appreciate you spending some of your weekend with us. Remember buy low, sell high. We'll see you next week. been listening to partners of Northwest Quadrant Wealth Management on the radio show, Financial Focus. Remember, you can email or call with your questions anytime during the week. Visit financialfocusradio.com for more information. See you next week on Financial Focus. Any opinions expressed herein are given in good faith and are subject to change without notice and are only correct at the stated date of issue. Past performance is not always indicative of future results. This material is not intended as an offer or solicitation for the purchase or sale of any security or other financial instrument. Securities, financial instruments, or strategies mentioned may not be suitable for all investors. Prices, values, or income from an investment mentioned in this report may fall against the interest of the investor and the investor may get back less than the amount invested. This material does not take into account your particular investment objectives, financial situation, or needs and is not intended as a recommendation of particular securities, financial instruments, or strategies to you. Before acting on any recommendation on this material, you should consider whether it's suitable for your particular circumstance and, if necessary, seek professional advice.